yo, yo, we back here, all 22. Took a few weeks off, but it's all good. And the ramp up for it is uh, definitely going to be an interesting football season for, you know, when it happens, if it happens. NFL is going to happen. Not yeah. sure about college. Here with my homie, Kelly Dawson. Kelly, how you, how you feeling today, man? Y'all push y'all first game back to September 4th, right? Yeah, so at the, I think, middle of the summer, they pushed it back two weeks. Oh, okay. So, yeah, we're uh, first game in two weeks right now, man. Two weeks from yesterday. You think it's going to happen? Uh, I'm optimistic, yeah. So, I think it's going to happen. Uh, That's what's nothing, up. nothing in the past few weeks have said otherwise. I've changed my mind. So, yeah. you know, I, I think it's going to happen. I honestly think all of I think college is going to happen now. You know, I think NFL and high school is going to happen now. I, I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm actually with you. I mean, I I didn't think, I didn't think we didn't, college, we didn't think college was going to happen. And but any iteration was going to happen. It's it's looking more and more likely, man. Yeah, which you know I have strong feels about. Uh, speaking of which, so the Pac-10 and the Pac Pac-10, Pac-10, Pac-12, it's Pac-12, <laughs> yeah. Big it's Ten Pac-12. and Pac-12 um, canceled their college football seasons. Um, Earlier this week, um, they, they quote unquote postponed it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. My bad. I nope, you're right. Postponed. The Big Ten is going to look to play in the spring. Jeff Brom actually put out, uh, head coach at Purdue put out a plan uh, for playing in the spring, which which is actually a pretty good, well researched plan. Uh, so look, uh, we can get into that a little bit later. Uh, but the rollout, I think Kevin Warren, who's commissioner of the Big Ten after years of Jim Delaney, who I think was. Uh, probably one of the best conference commissioners ever just because the big 10, well, we can talk about all this later, but like when it comes to just conferences and the two major sports, football, basketball, well, SEC doesn't compete with the big 10 in basketball, but I think big 10 is right neck and neck with SEC as far as football. And I know they don't have, they don't have the multitude of sort of national championships lately that the SEC has, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But if you if you told me to pick a, a group of teams over the next decade between Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, you know, Michigan, as opposed to Alabama, Auburn, LSU, you know, Georgia, which one of those quartets might have more national titles? I might go with the Big Ten one because Ohio State and Penn State plus I don't know how long uh, Nick Saban's going to coach Alabama. Anyway, mm-hmm. Kevin Warren came under fire because uh, they came out and canceled the postponed uh, Big Ten football season um, and didn't really give a whole lot of explanation for it. It was just kind of, hey, it's not safe to play, which in my mind should be good enough. But there is yeah. the other aspect that I understand in that, you know, they came out and said they're going to postpone their season what was it, a week after announcing this new state-of-the-art, we put so much into this, 100-something Zoom calls to create this schedule. Uh And then a week later, it was like, oh, well, it's not safe to play. Um, Whereas the Pac-12 has just kind of been consistent the entire time. And, like, look, if you're ranking institutions amongst Power 5 conferences, like, from an academic standpoint, Pac-12 is just, you know, going to kick everybody else's butt. Um, And so they just like, all right, we're not playing football. It's not safe. And, like, Pac-12 has fans, and, you know, it's going to be sad to not see Oregon play. I thought they had a chance to really get to the college football playoff, but they just flat out come out and say, hey, we're not doing this. It's not right. We'll talk about playing later. Whereas the Big Ten has played sort of this little back-and-forth seesaw thing, and the SEC and ACC just don't care. Um, yeah, they, they, they don't, don't care. Who gets <laughs> they sick, don't. Who has heart issues. It just doesn't <laughs> matter. We're going to get this money. Um, yep. I don't I – don't, I don't, 
how how bad I'm not gonna say how bad has the Big Ten fumbled this, but I just as a coach, you know, if if your conference commissioner came out and said, "Here's this great schedule we've put together," and then a week later it's like, "Oh, it's not safe." When none of the factors of the virus have changed in a week, like how did how would you feel? How do you go to your players and explain that? How do you go to recruits' parents and explain that? Like it just seems like it's a total nutshell over in the Big Ten right now. That's the thing that that's. That, that that's what makes it bad. Like, whether you believe they should play or not, it's just the fact that how are you so optimistic one week and literally seven days later, oh, no season. It's, whatever you felt seven days prior to that, you know, literally nothing changed. Nothing. It wasn't like um, Iowa or Northwestern had an outbreak or anything. It's literally, you know, I think they were, they felt, I think they felt like they should be the first to mm -hmm. get ahead of this thing as far as counseling the season. Yeah. And they believed everybody else will follow. Now, if the SEC canceled, everybody would have Then it's a wrap. Right. Every, because, you know, and, and I'm not like this big SEC homer. I don't understand being a fan of entire conferences. But Bruh, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't understand that. But <laughs> that's another conversation. But SEC basically, you know, it, it moves the needle in college football. That's, it yeah. is what it is because of the notable names. Obviously, you got Alabama, you got Georgia, Florida, uh, LSU. You got these big-time programs who have won national championships, especially within the past 20 years. Uh -huh. um, they haven't always been great, not saying that. But, you know, their programs, when kids, when five, four- and five-star kids – are deciding between, you know, where they're going to go play football, those teams are on that list. Yeah. And it's just because of that brand name. So if the SEC had canceled, everybody would have canceled. Yeah. Big 10, you know, as good as I, I, I can argue, and I think you will agree, they have better coaches. Oh, without coaches a, than without the a coaches doubt. in the SEC. But those programs, all of those programs just don't have that cachet as the SEC. SEC is called football country because we're in the South. We love football. You know, some of those teams up there, they may be like, you know, Minnesota is – that's a hockey state. They're pretty good at football. Minnesota coming. Different conversation. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty good at football. But, you know, they play when, you think, yeah. when you think in Minnesota, you – okay, we play hockey. Yeah. <laughs> Northwestern, you think, hey, man, this team can win 10, win, 10 games, but that's an academic school. Right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> They'll make the Rose Bowl every 25 years. Exactly. When you think of SEC schools, you don't think about their academics. You think about football first, you know, maybe basketball, track and field. You think about all of those. See what I'm saying? So uh, I think the Big Ten thought they were the SEC, thought they were the, you know, we're the big boys in town. Uh, we Everybody's going to do what we, what, whatever we decide. So they tried to get out ahead of this and they canceled their season. And SEC said, nah, SEC, ACC was going to do whatever SEC did. Yeah. Because they have the cross rivals and things like that. And ACC is, that's technically in the South too. That's a big time, you know, Clemson wants to, you know, they want to continue to be relevant. You know, I think that's the subject for another day. I think it's going to come crashing down soon. <laughs> but oh, Clemson? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I can't wait I to think, see it. I, I think with the, I think we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. Just, I love how the the player empowerment 
movement is coming and they're just like, you know, I'm going to play for somebody who have the ideals and beliefs that I do over uh-huh. the program. I think that's coming, you know, I, th- I think that's coming fast. Uh-huh. And Dabo is just not going to be able to run from that. Yeah. And then a lot of these, you know, you know, five, four or five star recruits, top recruits are going to stop coming to Clemson. You know, all it takes for Clemson is to lose two games in a regular season that should not make the college, not saying they will, <laughs> not saying it's going to happen, but uh-huh. if you lose two games in the ACC, not made the college football program uh, playoff, now you're considered just a, you know, quality program. But if you're seen in the college football program year after year, okay, I want to go to Clemson. And uh-huh. But, um, yeah, ACC was going to follow SEC. I think Bit 10 just tried to get out ahead of it, and it just backfired. And Pac-12, you know, Stanford, <laughs> you know, USC is down. It was basically Oregon or bust for right. them this right. year anyway. And, you know, nobody's going to follow them. Big 12 is like, you know what, this is our chance to – be relevant <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna stay in this thing <laughs> yeah they 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 have to get their annual uh college football playoff semifinal blowout loss uh you know you just you can't you can't lose the money that comes with that did you um, see that tweet that video i did it was hilarious, yeah, was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh for those of y'all not sure about that we'll link it or no no we're talking about we'll link that in the in the, in the podcast notes um <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I'm not going. I'm not going to share and you know beat a dead horse. Everything you said, I I I think the Pac-12's decision just to to close the loop. The Pac-12 decision seemed like one that was well prepped, grounded in research, and mm-hmm. something that they very clearly were not going to waver on. Yeah. Um. And so it's it's clear to everybody. It's clear to David Shaw at Stanford. It's clear to Mario Cristobal at Oregon. It's clear to everybody there. Just like, hey, we're not playing football at least until spring because we believe it's not safe. And our institutions, by and large, have the political support to make this decision. Um, Yeah. With maybe the exception of your two Arizona schools, which are definitely on the rise. Different podcast conversation. But the rest of them just don't have the they don't they don't have the pressure to even have to play football. Whereas in the ACC and the SEC, I mean, I, I don't even John Swafford might even not want to play football. He probably doesn't want to play football. But his main his main money maker right now is in South Carolina, um, and so yeah. <laughs> you know his his hands just get a little bit tied in that you know it's it's not even. Because the, the conference footprint is so wide. I mean, you've got Boston College and Syracuse is, man. all the way down to Miami. And so I could imagine there's tension there from a political perspective about uh-huh. what's safe and what's not safe to do. But when your cash cow and your most, you know, formidable program in football is saying, hey, you know, we want to play and the political weir that will there basically believes there's not really a pandemic going on. It's hard to combat that. I think it'll be interesting to see and we'll really get an idea of where the ACC stands on this when we start figuring out what's going on with college basketball because the ACC is going to do what Duke wants to do, what Duke and North Carolina want to do, period. And so, <laughs> and I think yeah. they're going to be a large reflection of really where, where do, when you really put an institution that is, liberal against the wall mm-hmm. are they going to choose sports or are they going to choose academics and science and we're going to see that when it comes time for duke and north carolina to that's going to be tough yes that's that's going to be interesting i think 
I think that played into the ACC having a seat, uh, keeping a season too in football. Uh, they were thinking about you know, because basketball starts in the fall. In it's the not. Year. It's not far away. Like they they were thinking about that. Like you said ACC is, is the best conference in basketball, and uh, you can argue the Big Ten is next or they're neck and neck. But I think you know ACC is the best. But I think they were thinking about that when they made that decision to play football. Yeah. They were thinking, if we don't play football, how are we going to play basketball? Play ba- yeah. You can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basketball is going to be an interesting conversation because there's, th- there's no way they're going to go two years without, a, without an NCAA tournament. It's that is untenable. It's, it's easier for basketball, man. No, you have oh, 15 players on the roster. You see what the uh, NBA is doing? It's working. Yeah. And it's, you have 15 players on the roster. What, about four or five coaches with staff members? You have, you know, what, 35, 40 people? Yeah. Of, that's 35, 40 people total. That's easy. A football program, Division One has 85 scholarship players. Yeah, that's... You know, 12 or so walk-ons, <laughs> 15 assistants, you know, 10 trainers. <laughs> so you're talking about 150 people you have to bring, you know, you have to travel with other, as opposed to 40. So, yeah, I, th- I think basketball, basketball is more feasible and it, it can work, but, yeah. you know, we'll see. <laughs> they are on the clock, though, and this is one thing. You and I have said this since March, and other, other smart people have said it as well. It's one of the frustrating things. It's just like what is happening now with college football was not only foreseeable, people of reasonably sound mind knew it would be an issue, and college football and the NFL just refused to get out in front of it, do anything about it, prepare for it. And it's just like, even in, and what blows my mind and what really upsets me is like these schools, these institutions, your Alabamas, your Clemsons, your Auburn, so on and so forth, like they have enough political capital and will to where if those commissioners, for example, wanted to, uh, if, if, if those university presidents, you know, wanted to push for more you know, robust testing systems for contact tracing, all that stuff in April. They could have done that. Like, and, and, like, and so it's not they a matter of, it. like, we're not going to let these university presidents and institutions off the hook either. Like, they, they swing tremendous political will and capital throughout these entire states. I mean, if, if Greg Abbott is the governor of Texas, then the University of Texas, Austin, is like 1B. Um, yeah. and, and then you add all the other big-name institutions there, Texas A&M, Baylor, you can go down the list, like every major institution within their state, or at least their geographic footprint, large sort of area, has huge political capital they could expend. And they could have been key in helping this pandemic get under control. And yep. they could have been key in helping everybody play college football this year. And they just, for whatever reason, did not choose to play that role. So I feel bad for some of the players, not some of them, I feel bad for all the players who might not get an opportunity to compete this year, whose senior years are ruined or whatnot. I don't feel bad for these institutions or for these athletic departments, which really sucks because it's like, it's not even going to be the people making a million bucks or six figures who are going to get let go from their jobs. It's going to be the folks who are making 38, $40,000 within these departments and these institutions who are going to be furloughed. And that's what upsets yep. me yep. Um, because none of this had to be this way. Not even from forget the federal government, they failed this, but like, these institutions failed us in a way too. And they're like, never mind, they're tax subsidized. So they're <laughs> kind of pseudo, you know, government entities. Anyway, uh, we don't have to go that far down the rabbit hole. I think the biggest thing we're going to miss, and you know, I, I don't, 
it's been now at the time we're recording this, it's been 11 days since they canceled the season or postponed it. So I don't think they're wavering on this either. Justin Fields can put as many petitions as he wants I think, together. I think I saw somewhere the big, uh, big Tans just said, nah, there's no way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, which is a good point. I mean, we had the quarterback of George State. His name is slipping my mind right now, but he just announced he's got a heart condition. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's from COVID or if he found out. I, I think he found – and I'm, I'm not sure, sure, but I think he found out he has a heart condition, so he's sitting out because of the risk okay. that, of catching COVID and basically, uh, you know, it, it, it getting worse. I think that's what it was. Yeah, see, that wasn't framed accurately when I saw it on Twitter, and I was like, wait, hold on. I don't know if this is true. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we, there's just so much here we don't know, and I think it's just immoral to play college football. We've talked about this before. I'm all right with the pro guys playing. Maybe they shouldn't be playing either, but it doesn't – like, nothing's going to make me feel like, oh, this isn't right because they're getting paid. I mean, they're at least getting, getting paid. compensated, you know. Getting paid. Um, so but you know, the NCAA, you know, they don't do – they don't get many things right, but <laughs> – they did say this year in general would not count against anybody's eligibility. Mm, yes, right. So Look at them doing one like thing. Like if right. you you can play, this is essentially a red shirt year, but you're playing and it doesn't count towards your eligibility. So if yeah. you've already redshirted, you can have six years of college football. Yeah. So hey, young men, get that uh, get those master's degrees under that. That's real, yeah, man. <laughs> get yes. Get those master's degrees while they're paying for it. So. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's real key. Um, uh, I think the guys, I think Jordan, his name is Jordan Wilson, uh, tight end for Florida State. He literally just had his season ended. Uh-huh. He's already been a red shirt. He was a red shirt senior. So now he gets an, this year doesn't even count. So he gets to come back. He was going to apply for a medical hardship. Uh-huh. Now he doesn't even have to. Yeah. So he just transferred in and, you know, happened to get injured. So there's going to be a lot of cases of that where, you know, these kids, especially they have NFL aspirations, you know, they they may not have a great year this year, and they're like, hey, I can come back, mm-hmm. even if I was a senior. So that's that that's a real good thing. I mean, it, it only makes sense. That's the moral thing to do. You know, so we're talking <laughs> but, about the NCAA here. I know, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad they did that. Yeah, they get every – for every 25 decisions they get, uh, they make – they get, one, they get right. one right. So this is <laughs> – this is where we're at. Uh, speaking of NCAA, SEC, Mr. Tua Tagovailoa uh, is no longer in Tuscaloosa. He is in Miami. So we're going to shift over talking to uh, AFC East, doing team-by-team previews each division. Uh, and we'll start out with the Dolphins, uh, a.k.a. Miami. Uh, never mind, I ain't going to say that. But I really am. I'm a Dolphins fan mostly because the whole – everybody in charge over there is a brother, really. Brian, starting with Brian Flores, yep. uh, head coach at the top. Uh, we've talked about him quite a bit on this pod. I really like Flores. I think he's got a tremendously bright future. Um, and, and anybody who saw that team, because we watched them as Ravens fans that, that first week of the season, they lost 59 to nothing. Um, they looked historically bad. That might have been bad. the worst performance. I've. It's the worst or the second worst performance right behind or along with, uh, I forget the year, Tennessee went to New England uh, and lost 59 Oh, yeah. It was awful. It was awful. NFL teams should not be getting beat by 50 points, man. 50, bro. 
between that game, Tennessee going to New England that time, and then the time Miami got whooped by Jacksonville, 62-7 to in the divisional playoff, I think that was like 98-99. Those were the three worst performances ever. And then to see that team from that to what they became yeah. at the end of the season shows that, they're, uh, shows that they are very well, very well coached. A um, few highlights as far as the team. Uh, so they added in the draft a variety of guys. Of course, we talked about Tua. Had two other first-round picks, Austin Jackson out of USC. Um, I'm not even going to try to butcher the Noah's name. He's a cornerback from Auburn. I, he, he's a good player, but I don't, I can't pronounce his last name. Hey, 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 and, and, and that's cool. You know, you know who you are, bro. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I got, I'm a stickler about not um, misenunciating people's names. I just, yeah. you know, I haven't been privy to how you initially uh, voiced this one. But those are your three first round picks. Uh, they made a few splashes in free agency, which. And we'll get into this a little bit later. I'm not always a fan of trying to build teams via free agents, but they bought in Byron Jones from Dallas, uh, Calvin Noy from New England, uh, Eric Flowers comes over from the Giants, who actually had a decent season after being, you know, just atrocious bad. before. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then they bring over Shaq Lawson and Emmanuel Ogba as well, Jordan Howard, Matt Breda. A lot of lot, an influx of, I don't know if it's talent. Nice pieces. But it, yes, an influx of good talent <laughs> and depth. I like actually Byron Jones and Shaq Lawson. This is a wide open question, um, Kelly. But but what what are your what's your outlook on the Dolphins this year? I, I think um, they're the I think they're the third best team in that division. Um, and we'll get to you know who's who's where. But uh, third best team in the division. I think Fitzpatrick will start the season. Um, I wouldn't even ma- Fitz I magic. I wouldn't mind if he started the entire season. This I think this is his last year of the deal anyway. But um, I wouldn't mind it just because you know, two is your learn long term project. You're not going to the postseason anyway this year. You know, let him learn, let him <clears throat> get familiarized with the playbook. If you're bad, bad, or if you know Fitz is bad, then okay, bring him in. But if Fitz is solid, which you know. He's always going to play solid. He's going to have some terrible games too, but he's going to have some great games. But if you look back at the entire season, you're going to say, okay, he had a solid year. And that's just who he is. So, um, but with the pieces, I do like bringing in Byron Jones. You just played, um, yeah. you just paid Xavier Howard last year. Then you bring Noah, we're not going to butcher his last name, from Auburn <laughs> this year. You have three solid man-to-man corners. That's, that's you bring nice. In Shaq, you bring in Shaq Lawson. So you're trying to, okay, we're going to have pass rush, and we're going to have uh, players who can defend. All right? And Matt Breida, uh, Jordan Howard. So you're going to, okay. They're telling me that they're going to run the ball, mm-hmm. uh, try to eliminate turnovers from the quarterback, and we're just going to rush the passer and play man-to-man defense. And if you can do that, that's a good recipe, you know, for a solid season. I think their ceiling is eight wins. Mm. I don't think they're going to get there. But they're in that, you know, six to eight win range, I believe. You know, just from solid quarterback play, solid running game. And it looks they, – they might have one of the better defenses. I'm not saying top five, but they should, you know, be top 12 defense – you're a top 12 defense, you know, try to get that running game into the top 10. You're winning, you, you're winning some games. Oh, yeah. And you're in the AFC East. You don't have Tom Brady. Not saying, you know, the Patriots are going to be a slouch. But 
that's not a guaranteed two wins. <laughs> not anymore. Or two losses, I mean. That's not yeah. a guaranteed two losses anymore. Um, even though Tom Brady, you know, sometimes used to struggle in Miami. But um, – and I – the coach, man. Brian Flores is a great coach. They're heading into the right direction. I think – I'm not a believer of uh, – I'm not a, a total believer of, okay, we ended this last season off well – that momentum is going to carry on yeah. to, because it's a new season. You got new guys, but those players from last year, they're bought in from what they did at the latter part of last year. So you don't have to kind of um, get those players to keep, get going again. See what I'm saying? No, so you're I'm not, thinking. you're not, you know, all the way introducing half or shoot majority of your team. Now you just have to bring in those rookies and those free agents you brought over. And they probably wouldn't have came over if they didn't believe in you anyway. So that's half the battle. Yeah. So I think their ceiling is about eight wins, but I think they win about six. Yeah. No, I think I think we're definitely we're <clears throat> definitely aligned in that regard. And they're on they're on the trajectory. I, I think they realize, I mean, look, they've been in rebuild mode for a while now. Um and and when they decided to tank, they just went but all they in. They never on did it. it right. They never did it right. They never did it right before. And now it finally seems like really honestly, they haven't done it right since Dan Marino left. That was about 20 years ago. And so it seems like finally they said, all right, we're going to try to do this thing right. They, you know, went 10 and six in 2016. I think that was the year they made that playoff appearance and with the Pittsburgh, Ryan Tannehill was hurt. That team was probably mm-hmm. actually better than we gave them credit for that particular year. But I, yeah. I, I acknowledge them for knowing, hey, this is not going in the right direction. This has no long-term viability for us yeah. to attend. Let's tear it down now, all right, and then let's build it back up. Um, and, you know, they have, they, they have done uh, – they have taken tanking to another level. And, and I think, honestly, we might get into the realm where that starts to pay off for them. Um, the biggest thing I, is – I think it will, man. Obviously, they won't – not next year, but – it's all about trajectory. <clears throat> yeah, not def- definitely not this year. But like you said, I mean, they've got – my ceiling for them is about the same, eight wins. I think, I think my floor for them is five. Um, I don't think – they definitely won't be one of the worst teams in football this year. That was what they were supposed to be last year. So, mm-hmm. you give them another year under this system on top of some of the nice additions, veteran additions they added, and the team's only going to improve. I think, obviously, you know, the most intriguing thing here, I think anybody who knows football would agree with it, uh, is to his development and just how long he has to wait to get into um, their starting lineup. I don't think it's a matter if this year, it's just a matter of when. Um, So that's going to be the big thing. That's sort of the last piece, the ball on top. Now, they still have – you know, some needs in this rebuild, mm-hmm. um, particularly along the offensive line. But, you know, Tua comes into, I think, a quality situation. You know, there, there, there are worse places he could have gone. He, there are better offensive lines he could be behind. But, you know, he's got Devontae Parker, who had a breakout season. Um, you know, Preston Williams, Alan Hearns, who has, hasn't regained his form, I think, from, was it 15 or 16, his last year in Jacksonville before he got hurt. But if he's your third wide receiver, you got a pretty, you know, you got a pretty good – Pretty good mix there. And the defense, I think, is going to be solid. I think it has the potential to be top half of the league. I don't think their linebackers cover well enough. I think Raquan McMillan is a great sort of run stopper. I don't know if he's great in coverage. But the distance they made, again, Lawson and Van Noy, like I don't know if Van Noy is going to have the same year in Miami that he did last year. But it's a decent addition. They're going to improve and be better on that side of the ball. I think the biggest thing, their playoff hopes, quote-unquote, are going to ride on uh, 
the quarterback position. Can Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. be Fitzmagic, or is he just going to be disastrous more often than he is um, miraculous? Who knows? And then if he's disastrous, then that probably means Tua gets pressed into there, which normally I'd be fine with. But since it wasn't a traditional offseason, I just I don't yeah. know. I don't know where Tua is at. I don't have any preseason snaps to be able to take a look at. Um, so that's going to that's gonna be, you know, one one important factor for them. Um, what what player do you think on this roster um, needs to develop the most for them to be able to compete, at least for a wild card spark this year? Um, I, I don't think it's a specific player. I just think the – if the def- – I think the defense has a potential to be – really good yeah um like i said you brought those you brought um byron jones in all right you got richard jones um you have um xavier howard you have a a a pretty good secondary all right you're you're building that pass rush i don't think it's one guy i just think if that entire unit does what it's supposed to do they can sneak into the wild card and it's really going to be some ugly – I I say ugly, but I like, you know, 17, 20 games. It's going to be <laughs> I a like lot those of them, games. Man. It's going to be a lot of them. <laughs> and I think they're going to be – they're going to be one of those teams. Like, let's just say, like, if they hit their floor, if they're 5 and 11, those 11 losses are going to be close. They're going to yeah. be competitive in all of those losses. Like I said, you're going to have Fitzmagic. If he's not terrible <laughs> – and like I said, he's going to have some terrible games. But if you look in this, if you look at the end of the season, he has 3,500 yards, 25 touchdowns, and let's say only 11 interceptions. Yeah, the team is winning some football games. That's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a solid year. That team is winning some uh, football games, and it's all about him. Just you know, he has he has those Jameis moments where four touchdowns, four interceptions, and you lose because he threw a pick on the last drive. <laughs> You he, you know that's what he does, and if it's he doesn't have that, yeah. yeah. If if he doesn't have that, uh, and the defense is what I think it, it it should be, you know they can sneak into the wild card possibly. Yeah, no, I I I, I agree. I think um, and that's closer. Once we get closer to to the season, we'll actually go through and give out some some uh, you know uh, records, projections, and whatnot. I think they should, because we do have the additional wild card, um, I think they should compete. And then also, you know, there are going to be some teams who benefit more from there being no fans than others. Um, and and I think so often, you know, like the idea is, oh, it's a young team going into a difficult environment and all this other stuff. Well, if ain't nobody there, it ain't that difficult. Like, we just get yeah. on playing. And maybe the <laughs> routine is different, you know, but I don't know if – you know, win-loss records at home in a way are going to be so, you know, sort of differentiating as they are before. Like, you know, really good teams go 6-2 and two at home, 4-4 four and four in a row, you know what I mean? And so I think Miami is one of the teams that stands to benefit from there being um, no fans in the stands because you look at their road – Look at the road schedule this year. They always, they obviously, always go at New England, but uh, they got to go at San Francisco, at Denver, at Arizona, which can be sometimes a tough place to play indoors. Um, at Vegas, they're supposed to be at Buffalo last game of the season. That's big, but being no fans, still cold. But I've, I've, because you got such a young team who who's going to be, a, they got a really tough schedule actually too. But um, because you got a young team who's going to be able to 
go and face some of the better quarterbacks um, in this league, especially in that middle stretch when you talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, you know, at San Francisco, they got to face Seattle, Russell Wilson. Um, they got, I'm actually becoming more of a big fan of Tyrod Taylor and what he's going to do in LA. They got them on the 25th. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, I think the most, the biggest development need for Miami is Christian Wilkins has to, uh, he has to become a better pass rusher for me. Gotcha. Um, you know, the, that was the knock on him coming out of Clemson. I thought mm-hmm. he was a reach at 13, not because of his ability to stuff the run, but because I think if you're taking an interior defensive lineman at 13, they need to be able to rush the passer. Uh, he still hasn't proven quite yet that he's able to do that at 13th overall pick level. So I think that's one of the things that, that we need to see. Overall, I like Miami. I think talent-wise, they're still probably the third best team in the division. Mm-hmm. Um, very much so clearly of ahead of one team and – you know, behind two others. Uh, but um, if I had to hone in on something, I'd say seven and nine right now, but I'm thinking five to eight wins. Yeah. And eight wins um, I forgot um, Albert Wilson and um, what's the other receiver name? Uh, you just mentioned him. Alan Hearns. Um, Alan Hearns. They both opted out. Oh, I've been forgetting yeah, these conversations. So- so now you basically you're relying on Devontae Parker and a bunch of young guys at wide out. So that, that that's going to be a little bit tough too. Um, and also, uh, I forgot Rashad Jones is a free agent, but they do have Eric Roll and Bobby McCain back there in the secondary. So I still think they can be pretty good. That's a decent safety channel. Exactly. It, it's still pretty good. Uh, and – I'm looking at depth chart now. Raekwon McMillan, linebacker. Uh, Calvin Noy, like you mentioned. Secondary is solid. Um, I think they still have the potential to be pretty good. Uh, if Christian Wilkins can become, you know, poor man's Grady Jarrett, that's pretty <laughs> – because Grady Jarrett is a poor man's Aaron Donald. <laughs> that's a so, pretty good poor man. Exactly. <laughs> he's not quite Aaron Donald, but he's still disruptive, man. And if Christian Wilkins can make that next step and, you know, not even your sack total is, it's not always about the sack total. Obviously you want that to go up, but how much are you getting in the backfield? How many pressures are you getting Yeah, on the quarterback? Like, are you in the, are you driving that center back? You know, are you driving that guard back into the quarterback's pocket and forcing him to throw the ball before he wants to? Are you doing it at a consistent basis? Then if you are, this defense is going to be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I just and and now that on top of that, though, Xavion Howard, uh, he is in. Well, who, we don't know what the timeline is for him He's, to get back on the yeah, field. Yeah, IR. Um, and that's another, bro. It's just going to be so hard to hone in on anything sort of NFL related this year, mm-hmm. um, because who knows how long he's going to be out with with COVID, and he might come back and be tremendously healthy and be like, "No, nah, I don't want to do." Because I, I think what people forget all the time is just like. I don't know if folks are always like, oh, it's just the flu. I'm like, have y'all ever had the flu? Like, they the haven't. flu sucks. Yeah. Like, like, there is not no, oh, it's just the flu. Like, you could tell people who either don't remember how, how bad it is or have never had it. Um, and it's, it's just no telling, one, how fast guys are going to recover from this. Mm-hmm. And then, two, you know, my, my, the thing that I'm always concerned about, this is why this year is going to be so crazy, it's just like, you know, say your big time quarterback, you know, gets COVID, is asymptomatic. He just has to sit out for two weeks. Exactly. 
So, anyways, Avion Howard is out indefinitely. Sure, he'll be back soon. A lot of hits and misses there for this team, but um, mm-hmm. I think Miami. I think Miami has a. They're on. They're on a good trajectory, and I said I expect them to compete for the playoffs. Um, starting in twenty twenty one. Speaking of COVID opt-outs, the king of COVID opt-outs has to be New England right now, Um, which maybe is something else going on there. Uh, Who knows? But uh, the list of guys that have opted out from the Patriots, Matt Lacoste, Marquise Lee, Patrick Chung, and Dante Hightower, huge, uh, huge misses. Brandon Bolden, Marcus Cannon is a huge miss. Um, their only fullback they signed over the offseason, Danny Vitale, and then Najee Torn. I don't, I don't know who's going to play football for this team. They signed Cam Newton, which is great, and they still have Julian Edelman, Mr. Steroids, running over the middle. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, at first – so I was, I was low on them when Tom Brady left, like really low, like bottom I, yeah, third team. I was. And then when Cam initially signed, I was like, all right, well, now they're back in contention. But then since that signing, I've been like, no, this team still isn't that good. Um, well, it's never that good. It's always Brady. Or the, yeah. the roster. Yeah. The offense, the roster on offense in general, depth chart on offense is really, it hasn't been good in like five years. And Tom well, Brady just. Bill can't draft. Different conversation. He can't. <laughs> he can coach. <laughs> but he can coach. But man, he's just getting, you know, he'll get a free agent who everybody think is washed. And you're like, hey. He made some play. I don't think Pat, Patrick Chung in any other system. Oh, it's, it's retired just not, years ago. That's what I'm saying. And <laughs> you have these players. Cal Van Noy strived in um, New England. Who knows what he's going to do in Miami? Mm-hmm. You know, the you get players who you say, if he were not in New England, would he be that good? You know, that's a testament to Bill Belichick, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't see how he does it. <laughs> I don't. I don't see it this year, man. Um, they have they 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 bought in minimal sort of reinforcements, I guess. So two of the guys who they bought in as free agents, Marquise Lee and Danny Vitale, have opted out. Arguably, their their second best defensive player and Dante Hightower's opted out. Now they still got the best corner and the defensive player of the year over there, in Stephen Gilmore. Um, but it's like you said. I think when it comes down to it, especially because of the pieces they lost, like they added. Mm-hmm. They lost, you know, Tom Brady is, is, you know, Tom Brady. But they, because of COVID, they've lost Dante Hightower, second best defensive player. They've lost Marcus Cannon, arguably their best offensive lineman. Um, they, this team's just not going to be good, I think. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going back and forth. I think there's been a lot of conversations around, oh, well, yeah, Tom Brady's gone. But, you know, you never, you never discount Bill Belichick. And now that he's got Cam Newton in here, Cam's going to have a better year. And it's just like, I like Cam. I'm a fan of Cam. But I haven't seen Cam play at a high level really since his MVP season. Now, he's been hurt, granted. I get that. But you just can't. You can't just – yes, he's been injured, but that's – dude, that's four seasons ago. This is about to be the fifth season. Right. You just don't turn it on. Exactly. Like, you lose you lose something when you're not playing. Exactly. And you can't just turn it on. And it's, you're going against other grown men. You're going against other professionals. Like, will he be bad this year? Probably not. But he's never getting back to 2015. I'm sorry, Cam Newton fans, Carolina fans, New England fans. He's not – he's never getting back to 2015. And 
I believe, like I like Cam, but 2015 was an outlier. That was his best season. It really was. That season was far and beyond greater than any other season he's ever had. Yeah. So if you only do that once, that's an outlier. Yeah. Okay, but that doesn't mean, you know, he can't be solid. I think he's 25 touchdowns. He He's he's the ceiling that Fitzpatrick has, but mm-hmm. he's going to get more rushing yards. 25 touchdowns, you know, 10 or 11 interceptions. He's going to have about, you know, eight or so rushing touchdowns because he's going to be in the red zone. They're going to run him in the red zone. But, you know, he's not going to give you 35 touchdowns. He's mm-hmm. not. That's just not him. And they're not going to design the offense like that, I don't think. Because you can't go from Tom Brady throwing dink and dunk passes to Cam Newton and just throwing it down the field. You don't have the personnel. Right. They don't have any deep threats. You don't have any deep threats. And if Cam isn't accurate, you know, obviously he's not accurate as Tom Brady. So if he isn't accurate enough to dink and dunk the way Tom did, I don't see how you're expecting, you know, 11, 12 wins. Granted, the defense is good enough for you to win a lot of games, but it's going to ultimately come down on the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. My my ceiling, my ceiling for this Patriots team, honestly, is nine wins. Nah, um, I was I was thinking I was thinking nine or ten. And and my floor, you know, don't hate me. <laughs> this 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 could be a six and ten team, man. I mean, the defense is still going to be good, like you said, but. They lost two pretty key pieces to that in Hightower and yeah. Chung. Like I don't, we shouldn't underestimate just the role that that Hightower plays in that defense, both from mm-hmm. you know getting to the ball, ball carrier, but just communication and making sure everybody else is in the right spots and knows what they're doing. Um, and then, like you said, and I always hate to say it because I like Cam, I'm rooting for everybody that's black, but 15 was an outlier. And 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 my thing is, and this is where I've come up with the the rebuttal is like, oh, he's been hurt. It's much of what you said too, but it's like just because he's been hurt doesn't change the fact that I haven't seen him play well in four years. Like you can, I cannot see, I cannot not see you play well yeah. for valid reasons. I just still haven't seen you play well. It doesn't matter yeah. what the reason was. And so <laughs> he just hasn't played good football in almost four years. I don't see that changing. I don't think he's going to be bad, but do I, he's not going to be great. Gonna be great. Do I think he can do for them what he did for Tom Brady last year, plus some rushing yards? Yes. But that kind of balances out when you talk about losing Hightower uh, and, and, and losing Marcus Cannon, which is a big loss for somebody like Cam Newton as well. Yeah, I mean, they, they can win, you know, probably 10 games um, because of the defense. But I wouldn't be surprised to see this thing bottom out either or to see them intentionally bottom out so they can get Trevor Lawrence. But that's – And then you got to think um, you're not – AFC East isn't as bad as it was when Tom Brady was here. No. It's so better. We'll talk about the Bills. Uh, we just talked about Miami. Um, like, even the Jets, like, it's not as bad as, you know, what was it? They won 15 straight division titles or whatever it is. Something but ridiculous. It, it's not as the, – the, the, the division is not as bad now. So, now if this was 2014 or whatever year <laughs> – then, okay, you're like, they're going to still win 11, 12 games just because who they, their division rivals, who they roll out on the field every uh, week. But you can't say that now. No, I think I, I'm, I'm ready for, the, I'm ready for the, the bottom to drop out. 
in New England. It's time. And and eventually at some point, if you have a GM who's as bad at drafting as Bill Belichick is, it's going to come and bite you in the butt. It's going to come and, and I'm excited you, to see it come bite them in the butt. Now, to be fair, he recognized the needs that they had as far as being able to improve that pass rush a little bit. Even though they were one of the top defenses in the league, it's probably one of the areas they could improve. In the second round, between the second and third round, they got Josh Uche out of Michigan, guy I really like. Anthony Jennings from Alabama, guy I like as well. Maybe more of a run stopper. Uche, more of an undersized pass rusher. I'm not going to lie and sit here like most draft people do. I had no idea who Kyle Duggar was, the guy they took 37th overall. Um, so we'll see if he's able to step I, in. <laughs> I do. I, I I I only know because um, I know. Um, actually, I know a guy who coached him at Lenore Ron, and I know like for his pre-draft, um, you know, combine work. I, I uh, you know, you know Manny, right? Yeah. Yeah, Manny trained him at U48. So. Oh, that's what's up. Uh, so I've seen some clips. I've seen some tape, and you know, I've been looking at reviews and stuff. He's been intercepting two passes a day. <laughs> Wow. So he basically intercepted uh, Stidham and uh, Cam just about every other day. So he's been balling at camp. Obviously, that has to translate to the game, but he he, he was a pretty solid pick. So he he doesn't not have it. You can see yeah, if somebody doesn't so, have it in practice. It, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so um, you lose Chong, you lose that veteran presence, but you add him. Yeah. Obviously, you're still going to miss that veteran presence, but you have the talent, you know, right there. Yeah, they were they were second. They were the second best defense in the league last year, um, behind Baltimore. I think they still definitely stay in the top five. Like I think again, for me, their ceiling ranges from six to ten. And six is if Cam plays like we've seen him play the past couple yeah. of years. If he if he he's not going to return to his MVP form, and that's okay. That was that was five years ago. That's just not going to happen in football. But if he gets if he if he if he if he's Tom Brady from last year plus a poor man's Cam Newton from 2015, they'll win nine or 10 games. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. But the defense is going to keep them in games. I, I would be intrigued to see if, and God forbid, I don't want this to happen. I never wish injuries on anybody. But if Cam happens to get hurt, I want to see how Bill Belichick and that organization handle tanking. Um, yeah. Because they might just say, all right, you know, we're going to – everybody wants to screw around with it. We're going to do it right. We're sitting everybody out. Trevor Lawrence is going to be ours, and we're going to go in four more Super Bowls in 20 yep. years. Um, <laughs> Lord, let's, let's not let that happen. Uh, <laughs> let's move on from the Patriots, man, go to our, our, our second favorite football team. Everybody's, everybody's favorite football team, the New York Jets. Um, Sam Darnold uh, is the universe in which they live in. I'm happy for the Jets because they do finally have a competent general manager uh, mm -hmm. in Joe Douglas. And so you can see – you can see there's at least a plan here. Um, yep. They went ahead and traded Jamal Adams. We talked about that at length on a podcast a couple weeks ago. Um, you can go back and, and take a listen to that. Um, I think the trade was a wash for both teams, honestly. I think there are pluses and minuses. That was their best player that they traded away. Yes. Um, and so even though the outlook for the future, bringing in draft picks, so on and so forth, um, is, is a plus and it helps them sort of begin to really build out the plan that they want to put in place. You still have to play football this year and no team gets better losing their best player. Um, so the key free agents, they, they brought in George Fan at left tackle, Connor McGovern at center to try to rectify what is one of the worst, if not the worst offensive line from last year. 
Um, and then some other guys as well. Brashard Perriman uh, came in at wide receiver, a former Ravens bus. And they picked up Joe Flacco. Congratulations. Um, and Frank Gore is somehow still playing football. So they bought him for in for some depth that's, as well. That's Superman. <laughs> Literally. Bro, that he's guy. My, he's my idol. <laughs> that guy is, is, is never going to stop playing. Never. Uh, <laughs> uh, they lost Robbie Anderson, who was probably their best target. Um, the, the, everything about the Jets comes down to, to Sam Darnold, who – Historically, I think has had, I think he's had one of the worst supporting casts for anyone who who's been drafted top five as a quarterback, uh, and 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 I think I wasn't a big fan. They took Makai Beckton in the first round. I wasn't a big fan of that. Um, Beckton's massive. He's huge. All I heard about was his size. The whole draft combine. I'm like, that's great. I don't know how that insinuates he's going to be a good pro at the next level, but whatever. The biggest concern there for me is that he was an exceptional run blocker, but clearly even at Louisville uh, had improvements he needed to make to be an exceptional pass blocker. If you just take maybe like run block and pass block and put them together and sort of average them out and don't do any sort of sort of he can develop into this type of projection. He's not he's not a first round talent when it comes to pass blocking alone maybe a second round talent. And yes, you have Le'Veon Bell, but you need, I think my biggest thing is I would have liked for them to have maybe traded up for a guy who was maybe more pro ready or better pass blocking option. Because even if, even if you run block better and you give Le'Veon Bell a better season, I think for me, it's not only about improving the supporting cast for Darnold, but it's about making sure he doesn't get beat up as much as he has before either. Like, I don't want to David Carr him. And yes, Le'Veon Bell improving upon his capabilities and sort of showing us more of his Steelers form, uh, which is going to be contingent upon offensive line improving, will help Darnold from a development standpoint. But a big thing of what I've seen in him so far is there's still that mental hurdle to get over um, I mean, look, he said he was seeing ghosts. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not one of those Literally people that's going to, that. yeah, I'm not one of those people that's going to keep, you know, sort of memeing that. But if my quarterback said that, my franchise cornerstone, my biggest focus going into the offseason is getting, uh, is improving the supporting cast around him. The most important thing being, I need to decrease the amount of time that this guy is on his back. I don't mm-hmm. think Makai Becton does that. I don't think George Fant does that. And that's my gotcha. biggest concern from them going into this year. It's like, look, you can have the right GM in place and try to build all these pieces. You still don't know if you've got the guy for the next 15 years in Darnold. You might. He's shown flashes. He might be. He could be. But I still don't know it. And I haven't, I think, to me, I don't think they've put him in any better position now to figure that out than yeah. they were previously, especially with the trade of Jamal Adams, because he's probably just going to be on the field even more this year um, than he was last year, trailing from behind, still bad offensive line, defense is teeing off on him, so on and so forth. That's my Sam Darnold rant. I, I like Sam Darnold, and it's upsetting because I, I he's bordering. If they don't get him the help he needs as far as in pass protection, forget weapons in pass protection, I, I, I fear he might end up being a really good version of David Carr. Yeah. So I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I mean – you hit on everything. Um, that's the thing, man. Donald's very talented. Um, I would have – I understood because I thought they were they would go C.D. Lamb um, this oh, in, in this past year's draft. But I understood why they went offensive line. I just think they should have got a more pro-ready 
uh, offensive lineman and pass protection. Just because the guy was on his back <laughs> a lot last year. And I think if you get him more offensive line help, I think he still progresses even though he doesn't have the great mm. weapons. Yeah. Just because of how, you know, he's a solid quarterback. But now you're about to roll out Denzel Mims, Rashard Perriman, Jamison Crowder. All right. You got you about that's your that's your top three receiver. That doesn't make him better. That doesn't make him better. <laughs> um <laughs> you have a deep threat, but if you don't have protection, what what is the point of having a deep threat in uh Perriman? And Perriman had a Perriman had a bounce back year last year. I just, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm not sold, you know. You had Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston gonna throw the ball deep now. <laughs> you can say whatever you want, but hey, he's he, gonna he, sling that thing. He's he, he gonna sling it. All right, you got Denzel <laughs> Mims. Denzel Mims comes from the Baylor offense, so it's gonna take him a year or two to get pro ready. Mm-hmm. So he's not gonna be ready. Jameson Crowder is a good slot receiver. All right. You have uh Frank Gore, who, you know, you're gonna get him carries, but he's not rushing over a thousand yards. No. You know, he'll get close to it'd be between the six to eight hundred range because um well never mind because you got <laughs> Le'Veon Bell, but I don't think I don't think this is going to be for one, I don't know, I don't like Adam Gates as a coach. Right. <laughs> I don't think he knows what he's doing. Why but, is he still there? How? But houseway. <laughs> I don't need. But you have you gotta think about this. Are what what's their philosophy? Do they want to be a run first team? Who knows? I, I, I don't think they even know. So you don't have a philosophy. You don't have a good offense line and pass protection. Your defense isn't great. Quentin Williams hasn't, you know, been all world. You bring in Anawasu from Baltimore. All right, so we'll see there. Um, solid secondary. Bradley McDougal, you know, for Jamal Adams, but they weren't that good last year. No. So I, I just don't see – I don't see improvements in areas where they really needed to improve. improve. So definitely they're not a postseason team. Uh, I'm still thinking between three and six wins, man. <laughs> That's where I'm thinking. I'm with you, man. This is a bad team. Um, it's a bad football team. <laughs> like, period. I mean, look, this is just a bad roster. And and the thing that was saving them from being just like, a, yo, this roster is awful, maybe the worst in the NFL, was Jamal Adams. Um, yeah. And then, and then it's like the allure of who Le'Veon Bell used to be. But this isn't a good team. Um, Any, anybody outside of uh, – Anybody outside of New York or their uh, fans, if you say name another player besides Darnold, Le'Veon Bell, and Adams last year, who are you going to name? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> Probably Robbie Anderson, but you got to say, okay, He's you're a real football fan if you right. know that. But other than that, you don't know. Yeah. And oh. you got a coach who hasn't proved that he's a really good coach. You know. So, their 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 2020 season went down the drain when they decided to bring Adam Gates back. To be totally honest, um, now to their credit, you know they were very successful, uh, especially in early down scenarios on defense last year. They were a tremendous early down um, team, which basically means they were able to, you know, get opposing offenses into you know longer second and third downs. The problem is that they couldn't get teams off the field. And they ended up with the 26th best defense in the league while you had the best safety in the league. 
and now you've let him go. You replace him with Bradley McDougal. Marcus May is a very is a good safety. They still got two quality safeties, but that might be the best position group on their defense. That's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. I don't know if I That's ever want. <laughs> now, if you said the entire secondary, cool. But you're saying just the safety. Just the safeties. That's the best. That's the best group you have. That's 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 not good. I mean, and they, I'm a I'm a secondary guy. Yeah, <laughs> they got a they got a decent nickelback in Brian Poole. I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and yeah, I don't. I, I think the biggest. I just want to dive into the biggest development need, and that's Quentin Williams. Um, yeah. He's he's he he's got a. I I I never saw him, and I watch a lot of Alabama football because of just being a big Nick Saban fan. I, I never saw him as this generational prospect. <clears throat> he got he got his he earned his money in the college football playoff run that year. Without without question. Before that, he was maybe a mid round pick or a mid middle of the first round pick. Yeah. So, yeah. I, hey, he, <laughs> he has to develop. He's got to develop. One, he was third overall, so he's got to justify yeah. that taking. Two, they don't have any interior pass rush. So, so he has to add something to, to their repertoire there. You know, they've got Terrell Basham on the outside. You know, okay, cool. I think that's why a lot of their fans are pushing for Yannick Ngakwe to come there for them to make a move for him. And Stephens just isn't good, man. They got two pieces in this, like I said, at safety. Um, the rest of it is just really bad. I think they're going to regress. You don't trade away your best player when you were 26 in defense and then somehow get better at defense. So the defense is going to be atrocious. They got the worst coach in the NFL, maybe one of the worst coaches in the history of the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I like Connor McGovern at center. He makes them a little better there. Um, but then the offense is just probably just as bad. They're playing a crap ton of money to Jamison Crowder. Good luck with that. Um, Le'Veon Bell is really only as good as his offensive line. The offensive line isn't good. Wasting a lot of money there. Uh, yeah. Man, floor, floor, three wins. Three wins. They have a pretty <laughs> low floor. Um, three wins, man. Like two and fourteen, three and thirteen is not outside of the question for this team. Ceiling, six wins max. Six wins max. It's just a bad football team. It's and it's it's going to be one of those. Um, it's going to and those those wins are going to be against struggling teams, or they're just mm. going to be. It's going to be like okay, Monday Night Football, Jets versus. <laughs> um, you know, Chiefs or something. <laughs> I don't know what that schedule is. Yeah. Monday Night Football, Jets versus Chiefs. Sam Darnold has the best game of his life. And Just they, out of this world. Yeah, and and that's what happened last year. Every game they won, it just all clicked. And they beat some – I think they beat a few teams where they weren't supposed to be. And it's going to happen this year. It's just not – you're going to have a – you're going to have to have an out-of-world game by Sam Darnold. Everything's got to click for this team to win. If not – you're not going to win football games. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a legitimate, legitimate opportunity or potential rather for them to start 0-8, man. At Buffalo, San Francisco, at Indy, Denver, Arizona, at Chargers, Buffalo, at Kansas City, New England. I mean, the, the no fans does help. It does like help. We mentioned it, it helps them a little bit. It's going to help bad but, teams and young teams. This is one of them. But you still got to factor in travel. They still have to travel there. Yeah. So uh, away game is an away game. Like, everybody hates away games. 
but you don't have to you don't have the pressure from the fans. But those are still football, the good football teams that you just named. Mm-hmm. You just named a lot of postseason football teams. <laughs> That's just their first half schedule. Yeah. So you start zero and eight, you're dead. <laughs> you're dead because <laughs> you're not going eight and zero. You're not going eight and zero. And and this is my problem with them. It's just like, and look, I I you know I didn't skewer the depths of free agency free agency and trade capabilities to see who they could have bought in as opposed to other folks but it's like they're probably going to start 0 and 8 1 and 7 2 and 6 at best you're going to be probably get a draft pick in the top three or four and you're probably still not going to know if you want to commit franchise money to sam darnold you're not and so are you going to end up in the same position that dallas is in right now which is a little bit different but Donald's check's going to come due at some point. And the thing is, like, even this – they put them in the, they put themselves in the worst possible position to have a rookie quarterback because you're not going to get a good evaluation with any decent talent around him. Yeah. But then you're also going to be in the position to where you're going to bypass two potentially franchise-changing quarterbacks in the draft in Lawrence and Fields. And you don't have enough tape. You haven't put enough supporting cast around him. Yep. You're not going to know enough as to whether you need to – take one of those guys and cut bait or if you're going to hold out and say, all right, let's see what else we got. The check is going to come due at some point. And even with Sam Darn, there are going to be other teams willing to pay him because the supporting cast is so bad in New York. So they've put themselves in this bind and they don't have a long time to get out of it. of just like, all right, can we really get an evaluation and see if we want to give this guy $30 million a year? This is year three, right? Coming up. year three. This is year three. So, now you're going to decide in uh, this upcoming offseason whether you want to pick up that fifth-year option, mm-hmm. which I think they should. Which they'll pick up. Pick it up for more evaluation. Yeah. You don't have to stand them. Let it play out, just like they did with uh, Jameis. You didn't pick it up, and you let the fifth-year play out. Okay, he threw 30 interceptions. Okay, now you cut bait. Mm-hmm. But you have to see, you know, different situations because Jameis actually did have a supporting cast on offense. <laughs> But you know, that, it gives your it, it gives your team two more years to put some pieces around them, and then that fifth year, if it doesn't work out, okay, now you cut bait. But yeah, the the predicament that they're in, they put themselves in. They haven't improved uh, aside from Le'Veon Bell, and you know that's a running back. It's you need some wideouts, <laughs> you need some pass catchers on the outside for him to throw to, to see his full development. You know, you, you know a team is destined for a top five draft pick when they start getting excited about a Baylor wide receiver. Yes. <laughs> because if you're expecting, and look, I, you know, Matt Rule's great. Denzel Mims, get your money. I'm not knocking him. I'm talking about yeah. the system at Baylor. Uh-huh. When you start relying on a Baylor wide receiver to come in as a rookie and provide and be such a safety valve for your third-year quarterback who you're yep. still evaluating, who yep. clearly has some mental barriers he needs to get over to continue to develop, that is very concerning. And you kept the worst head coach in the league. I don't even know if floor is three. Floor might be two, especially <laughs> with that schedule. Because you got to factor in with Adam Gase. And I, I'm not a, like – Cause I'm a coach and I don't like to knock coaches, but the record is what you yeah, are, what your record bad. is. He's bad. You are what your record is. Yeah. And I've never heard anybody say that Adam Gase is a good coach. I don't know how he got the job after what he did in Miami. I, I really don't. 
So as a, as a front office, the New York Jets said, hey, we just played this guy for three or four years straight, twice a year, but that's our guy. That's our coach. I, I, I didn't understand it. I didn't understand it. Oh, man. Go by what you see, not when you – go by what you see on the field, what other people are saying. Don't focus on when we get this guy in front of us and him, you know, giving us lip service. Yeah. I think that's what they fell victim for. Because yeah. people some, – some coaches are great interviewers. They can sell it. Yeah. They can sell themselves now. Yeah, I know, I, I know a few high school head coaches – I won't name names, but I don't, I, I don't understand how they keep getting uh, head coaching jobs. <laughs> because in this business, you are what your record says. That's, it's simple. You are what your record says. So, yeah. yeah. Um, that, that team is going to be bad. And they're, the worst, they're the worst team in the division. They're the worst team in the division. They're the worst team in the division. They're probably the worst. Probably. Like, make an argument for the worst team in the NFL. Oh, for sure. You can make an argument. <laughs> I, I don't know who else I would put into that list, to be honest. Like, I know I thinking, Jacksonville I was is the trendy thing. Washington. Ooh, Washington's going to be bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Washington's going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the, that's the initial team that I had to go against, you know, the, the worst team in the league. The Jets and, you know, New York Jets, Washington football team, as they call themselves now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, they're going to be pretty bad. They're going to be bad. But they got a brother head coach. They got Ron Rivera. A brother in the front office is VP. They have yeah. Ron Rivera as a minority of head coach. I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting but they're going to be bad. But they're going to be bad. <laughs> <clears throat> they're going to be bad. I mean, Ron Rivera might at least be worth he, half a he's, win. He's going he's gonna to get the wins that they get is going to be because of him. Yeah. Because they Whereas, have pretty much the same roster. Yeah. Adam Gase is definitely worth a loss. Like you know, if you if you should go seven and nine, you're going to go six and ten. With if you got twelve and fourteen, you're going to go eleven and five with Adam Gase. Ron Rivera, you know, if you got a five and eleven roster, you know, you'll 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 teeter on maybe six six seven six, wins, maybe seven, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, good luck, Jets fans. I wish you all the best. Um, going to the self-proclaimed football team of New York, I think that's what the Buffalo Bills call themselves. No, they're not. <laughs> I forget that. I forget the Bills are in New York, and I don't know how. Bro, I don't even know. My mom, I do, too. And I'm like, my mind, where's Buffalo? Is that a camera? I don't know where Buffalo – for one, I've never been to New York. But what, is Buffalo uh, west, uh, north of these other two? I don't know. It's upstate New York. Okay. So, so for, well, for one, the Jets and Giants don't even play in New York. Right, so that's, right. That's another. <laughs> I guess they can proclaim themselves, you know, the team of New York. That's that's their argument. It's because the other two actually play in New Jersey. I think they Josh are the Allen, best team in New York. They are the best team in New York. <laughs> they so are. I, I guess they can claim that. They are with the wonderful Josh Allen at quarterback. Josh um, Allen, man. Which we'll, we'll, we're going to spend plenty of time on him momentarily. Um, free agency they added Stephen Diggs. Well, they traded for Stephen Diggs rather from Minnesota, uh, who actually got a first round pick for which is what you should get for a high end wide receiver. Somebody phoned Bill O'Brien. Um, bought in Mario Addison, Vernon Butler, Quentin Jefferson, uh, Josh Norman, uh, and then uh, lost Frank Gore, uh, which is probably the big – lost Shaq Lawson. Those are probably the biggest pieces uh, in the draft. I actually liked the draft. They didn't have a first-round pick, but they got Stephen Diggs, a reliable, proven guy at wide receiver, which I think is big for them. Um, A.J. Apenza, who was a top 15 sort of prospect out of Iowa uh, last mm-hmm. offseason – 
uh, see what he can do. Zach Moss out of Utah, I love. I probably watch way more Utah football than I had any business watching. Uh, fell in love with him. Tyler Huntley, I think he's going to come in and be explosive. Gabriel Davis, that wide receiver, will add a weapon to them. I like their draft. I like their team. Um, maybe not a huge fan of their quarterback, but um, I'm going to let you spit a little bit on the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. I, I think it's the thing, man. Um, the Jets – the Jets should have built their the Jets should have built their team like the Bills are doing. They both have young quarterbacks. But look, you say, all right, obviously we're investing in this quarterback. You know, we're gonna get him a we're gonna get him a dude. So, you know, get Stefan Diggs, solid, very solid receiver, gonna be a, a pro bowl, pro bowl receiver every single year. Oh, yeah. All right. So you get him when the defense was already solid. Now, the difference between the Jets and the Bills, the Bills' defense has been solid. Sean McDermott is a good coach, too, so that's another difference. That's a big one. <laughs> so, and I, I think I tweeted this out yesterday. I was listing, like, my, my, top, my top five secondaries in the league. The Bills are up there. They're not top five, but, you know, they're definitely top ten. Josh Norman isn't what he used to be, uh, but he's still solid. All right? You got uh, Trey White, which Trey White – Davis White doesn't get enough attention. He doesn't. He don't get but the love. Because if you look at his numbers and Stephon Gilmore's numbers, you won't see a difference. Yeah. Like, whether you're a pro football focus guy, you're a pure stat guy, you're not seeing a big difference. Yes, Stephon Gilmore is better. I'm just saying it should be – he should be in the argument of, okay, he's one of the best corners in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Because he was solid. I love Michael Hyde because he's very versatile. All right. Um, looking at other um, other pieces, uh, like you you mentioned, A.J. Epinesa, like he should have went top 15. I don't know how he slipped, but he was able to get him. You got Ed Oliver in the middle. I forgot they had Oliver. Yeah, you got Ed Oliver in the middle. Um, you got Jerry Hughes, you know. Uh, rushing the passer, so you got a solid defense. I'm a big Jerry Hughes fan. I like Jerry Hughes. I like Jerry Hughes, man. So he's coming back. So now, obviously, your defense is solid. Pass rush is solid. Secondary is solid. That only that helps the quarterback, and we haven't even yep you know, gotten to the offensive side of the ball yet. All right. So you got I love uh, Devin Singletary running back. You got T.J. Yeldon and Zach Moss. So you so got a three. You got so a three-headed monster, man. You got a three-headed monster. Patrick DeMarco, you know, if you're a full but if, if you're an offensive line slash full fullback fan, you know Patrick DeMarco That's is that a dude. Swiss Army knife. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's a Swiss Army knife. He can do some things, man. And Stefan Diggs on the outside. You got John Brown, deep threat on the outside. Cole Beasley uh in the slot. Gabriel Davis, you just drafted him. So they've Done it the right way. You got a yeah. good head coach who's a defensive-minded guy. You're not asking Josh Allen to throw 30 passes again. Mm-hmm. And you run him a little bit. So I'm looking for him to take – not – obviously, you know, I hate it when they try to compare him and Lamar Jackson. He's not that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, you know, he's going to get you eight to ten rushing touchdowns yeah. because you, they're going to use him in a red zone. But, you know, if he gets – Let's say I'm trying to think of a number. What if he gets, you know, 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions? Because I think he threw less than 20 touchdowns last year. 
Yeah, Josh Allen? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, you get him 25 touchdowns, um, around 10, uh, 10 interceptions. You know, if he's not turning the ball over, like with strip sacks and things like that, if he's protecting the ball, hey, you're looking at another 11, 11 game wins, 11 win season again. Yeah, I'm not going to beat the bush. Uh, you put it very eloquently. I like Buffalo, man. And, and, and I, don't, I, don't, uh, I don't prescribe or put Josh Allen on his pedestal that some other folks put him on. Um, 29, rookie, my bad. 20 and, I mean, that's, that's what you need from a guy like, a guy like that. So he, his rookie year, 52.8 uh, completion percentage. Last year, 58.8. So a subtle increase. He improved. He improved. You get, listen, you get that to 62 this year, all right? He goes from 20 to 25 touchdowns. You know, five more touchdowns, that's two wins. I mean, you're going from 10-win <laughs> team to 12-win team, to be honest. See what I'm saying? And the thing is, it's just like, look, I, do I think in a box, Josh Allen might be anywhere from the 25th to 30th best quarterback in, in the league, just from a pure talent standpoint. But this is why coaching and team personnel and team building matters. Matters, man. They've built this entire team around him to where Josh Allen is probably going to never complete more than 62% of his passes. We should just stop stop accepting that. I mean, stop expecting that and know that that's never going to happen. But to Buffalo's credit, they haven't built a team that's going to require him to do that either. He can dink and dunk all day long and then just throw a deep noodle ball because that's what they built the team around. They were awful as far as – not awful – they were in sort of the second pack of the league when it comes to um, success on early downs last year. I think it was 22nd. But they were one of the most explosive teams in football, passing and running the football. Josh Allen can't really make reads. He's one of the bottom three quarterbacks, bottom sort of third half quarterbacks, third half. He's in the bottom tier of quarterbacks in the league. um, But he can throw the football downfield. And you yes. only added a piece to that in Stephen Diggs. So between Diggs, between Beasley, between John Brown, you've got a huge running back by committee, and you've got an offensive line that can really just mold people when it comes to run blocking. Now, they've got some struggles in pass protection, um, but they've built an entire team, not just on offense as far as weapons, but on defense, like you said, to maximize his strengths. All right, great. So Josh is never going to be that accurate. He's never going to be able to, to, to complete the amount of passes we want in intermediate, you know, 8 to 20 yards. That's fine. We're going to build yeah. a defense that's unstoppable. We're going to build a, a tremendous secondary. We're going to have running back by committee, and we're going to bring in some explosive weapons to where he can go downfield. Our defense is going to keep us in the games, and we're going to win 10 to 12 games. I like Buffalo. None of it has to do with Josh Allen, yeah. really. And, it's, the, and, it's just the overall team and their head coach. They've doing, they're doing it the right way. And it's exactly. prime time because Tom Brady is gone. Exactly. Tom, Tom Brady is gone. If you look at his rookie year, um, all, you, all you need for Josh Allen to do is to get better. That's it. His Large rookie noise. year, 10 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. He went from 10 to 20. He dropped from 12 to 9. Mm. See what I'm saying? So – I'm looking at, you know, 25 touchdowns, eight interceptions. That's all you need from him. That's solid quarterback play. You're only going to get better. And they have postseason experience. They got to the postseason last year. And that was a good game. They played well. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not high on Buffalo as far as Super Bowl contenders, but they're definitely – I think they're winning the division. Oh, yeah. 
I, I think they're winning a the division. I think they've got a, a good opportunity to to to. Hmm, I don't think they'll be the best team in the conference. That'd be a little bit of a reach between Kansas City and Baltimore. But I wouldn't they, be surprised. They can win a playoff game. They can win a playoff game. They can win a playoff game. I wouldn't. And be I'm, my bad. I'm, I'm looking at it now. He four court four fourth quarter comeback wins last yeah. year. Five game winning drives. Yeah. I mean, say what because you want he, about Josh Allen. Huh? Say, say what you want about – I'm not a huge fan <laughs> of him, but he – they only ask him to do three things, and he is exceptional at those three things. Dink and dunk. Yep. Pick up yards, running the football. Don't turn the ball over. Maybe not exceptional in not turning the ball over, but definitely in, improving in, in that regard. Let me ask you this. I, yeah. What do they need – because we both agree they can be a 10 to 12 win football team, but I still don't see them as a Super Bowl contender. Uh-huh. What do they need to go from solid divisional contender in the worst division in football, which is what this is going to be, mm-hmm. to a team that can win two or three games and get to the Super Bowl rather than just win one in the postseason? They need Josh Allen to take a Lamar Jackson type leap. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's the, on- the only way that they're a Super Bowl contender is yeah. if – He's in MVP conversation. That's it. And, and it's just it, – that's the thing. They can win a postseason game, but their defense isn't going to be great enough. It's not that good. Yeah. It's not – exactly. It's good, but not great. It's not going to be great enough for Josh Allen to – you're not winning a Super Bowl with Josh Allen throwing 25 and 10. No. Will you win a postseason game? Probably. Yeah. But you got to think, Lamar Jackson went 36 – Touchdown, six interceptions. 36 touchdowns, six interceptions. I don't remember how many rushing touchdowns he had, but you're going to need those type of stats along with a really solid defense for them to be Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. I don't think you're going to get it. Well, I know you're not going to get it. But with Buffalo, they've been in, you know, playoff purgatory for so long. Forever. Who cares? Winning division is an accomplishment. <laughs> I don't Patriots are they still have Belichick as head coach. So if you win that division, that's an accomplishment. You win a postseason game, that's an accomplishment. You're the king of New York. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think Josh Allen has to take a quantum leap for them to be a Super Bowl contender. I think oh, yeah. he gets better. I don't think he takes that leap. I don't think he's ever gonna be that. But you know, that's fine. If he doesn't if if he throws if if he improves like I think he improves they win a postseason game. He's never going to be thirty five touchdowns. He's yeah. not. No, you're right. That's the biggest thing with them, and it's kind of it's it's not upsetting. I'm not a Buffalo fan, but yeah. <laughs> they've 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 suffered long enough, and they seem like a a committed and sort of diehard fan base. That now that they finally got a roster and they're on the right trajectory, they just look like one of those teams that they happen to have stumbled into a quarterback where for them to finally get over the hump and really think about getting back to a Super Bowl, so many things have to go right. And, and they're, they're no longer, like you said, in, in sort of team purgatory. They kind of are still in quarterback purgatory because they're going to – As far as the cap. As far as the cap. Ooh, yeah, well, ooh, wait till it's time to pay Josh Allen. Yeah. Ooh, that's a different conversation. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, and so, it, but they're like in contender purgatory to yeah, where yeah, 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 yeah. non to with, with the roster as constructed and pieces will come and go. 
but they look like a team over the next few years. It's going to win eight to 11 games. They'll have a great yeah. year, you know, have, have a, have an excessive turnover margin or just get lucky in a lot of the close games and win 12 games maybe. But can, can they, can they jump from wild card to divisional divisional to conference title game? I don't see it because of the limitation they have at quarterback. Now, granted, I give Buffalo all the credit in the world, Sean McDermott, all the credit in the world for building a team the correct way, regardless of how you feel about their ceiling, right? Is they, they're like, Hey, this is our quarterback. This is our guy. Rather than trying to, make him into something he's not my job is to help him be as successful as he can be that's what they've done I just think the roster around them is Super Bowl worthy if you have a quarterback who maybe is just the 15th best guy in the league instead of the 25th best guy in the league because the thing is like they were 21st I think in offensive efficiency last year they were 13th in defensive efficiency so they're a good defense they're not a great defense I don't see them jumping to great and that's the that's the that's where their ceiling is with me. So, you know, the ceiling is definitely like, can they win 12 games this year? Yeah, if things go well, oh, yeah. if the ball bounces well. Yeah, but for me, that's 12 games and a wild card. Like, that's their that's ceiling. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that's the thing that I think even some Bills fans, when you really talk to them, like you say, yeah, they've been bad for so long. They're probably just happy being going to take that. Again. Yeah. They want to take that because with – the way they're going to, like you said, pieces are going to come and go, but the way that they constructed their team, they're going to continue to add the same type of pieces. So you're going to always be in that nine, uh, well, eight to 11 win range because you're going to have the same type of team every single year. Uh-huh. You're going to have that same coach every single year, as long as, you know, he doesn't do anything stupid. But uh, I was thinking about something with, uh, the way I'm thinking about Josh Allen and uh, Dak Prescott, right? So oh boy. <laughs> think about this, though. The way the Bills constructed their entire team, um, if Dallas had done that, if so Dallas, this is what Dallas did. Dallas said, all right, Dak, you had a great rookie year. All right, you're the franchise quarterback. We want you to lead. This is how we want to lead our team with your passing the ball, you leading us to the wins. Uh-huh. All right. If they would have t- taken the same approach as the Bills did, all right, Josh, we want to try to eliminate turnovers. We're going to use your legs. We don't want you to, th- we don't need you to throw 35 touchdowns. All right. We're going to put a solid defense around you. We're going to give you some pieces on offense. All right. That's how we're going to win 11, 12, win- 11, 12 games in a division that's not very good. Uh Think about Dallas. Washington isn't very that good. New York isn't very, very good. You have Philly and Dallas as far as the two teams who can win that division. That's it. So the only difference is I think that Prescott is obviously he's he's a better quarterback than Josh Allen, but because Dak is, he has the weight on his shoulders to win the game. Uh-huh. Even though you got Zeke Elliott in the backfield, you got Amari Cooper, who's always injured. Now you had a CD Lamb, you know, but the defense is so bad. <laughs> so if they've taken that, if Dallas has that approach, I think, well, I think the Bills are basically, they said they don't want to, 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 to go into the season or go to have their team constructed the way Dallas constructed their team. I think they are more primed to have more success longer 
than Dallas is just because, for one, Dallas, you got to pay Dak Prescott. Yeah. And this is – we're not talking about the NFC East. But <laughs> the, um, the, you got to pay Dak Prescott. You already pay um, Amari Cooper. You already pay uh, Ezekiel Elliott. You already paid Demarcus Lawrence. You got to pay some a few other guys. So yeah, a lot of it's like you got to win now. Yeah. You got to win now. You waited too long, and you had the – in my opinion, you just had the wrong – mindset of how you want to construct your team uh-huh. with Buffalo at least they have hope they're not going to get to Super Bowl but they have hope because you don't have to pay Josh Allen for three more years uh-huh. you don't have to pay him for three more years and you're building your team the way you want to build it defense first hey Josh don't turn the ball over we got you a number one receiver right now all right running game is going to come all right now let's see what we can do yeah that's the- mm. Yeah, we're not talking about the NFC East, but <laughs> that's that's one of the frustrating things with Dallas as well. Because this is the frustrating thing with all these young quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson, too, which is why I, I like Cliff Kingsbury. I like Arizona. I think they're going to be successful because they've just they've seen what they've seen and they said, "This is the team we're building right here." <clears throat> here you go. When I got DeAndre Hopkins, we're going to sling this thing around, Kyler. You're going to run around you know, score a lot of points, get us mm-hmm. yards. We built a defense that can cover somewhat well. We're going to bend but not break, break probably, uh, you know, really hone things in in the red zone, you know, give up more field goals than touchdowns. Kyler go win us the game. Great. Same thing Buffalo's done with Josh Allen. Dallas has just refused to decide what they want to be because <laughs> it, you yeah. got Dak, but then you paid Zeke and you got this great yep. offensive line, but then you went out and you got Amari Cooper. Now you drafted C.D. Lamb. Which one is it? Do you want Zach Dak to be a gunslinger or do you want to be a squad that primarily relies on rushing, intermediate passing, gets you third and shorts, and move down the field that way? That's why they're in a predicament they're in now. That's why they went eight and eight. I don't know if Mike McCarthy changes that so much as maybe he'll just make better late game decisions than Jason Garrett. Here we go talking about the Cowboys and we're not supposed to be. Um, <laughs> to bring that full circle, this is why the, the Bills. This is why the Bills will be good. Exactly. I think as long as they have McDermott, I think they'll be good. And good is, you know, 500 or better. Yeah. Like, I think they they should be winning nine games every year at least. Yeah. Just because of how their team is constructed. You know, not their whole, their whole system of how they want to play defense first, how to have a young quarterback, and we're going to put pieces around it. When you have to pay them, you have to maneuver some things. Mm-hmm. So that'll kind of change things. But for right now, you don't have to pay him. You know, yeah, I, yeah. and everybody took that Russell Wilson, uh, that Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson and uh, Philly with Carson Wentz approach. Hey, let's stack up while we don't have to pay our quarterback. Yep. When we pay him, you know, something's going to have to change. We better hope he takes another leap, which yep. Russell Wilson did. We'll see if Carson does it. But, you know, that's another thing. <clears throat> got good coaches, you know, your front office gets better, um, you draft well, you're going you're gonna to eventually win. Yeah. NFL is simple but hard. <laughs> that, that's, that's a good way to put it. A good way to close out. Buffalo has done a lot of the simplistic things well. Six yep. best defense. Oh, and I, I, let me correct something I said earlier. They were the sixth most efficient defense um, last season, not the 13th. That's good. That's 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 an elite defense. Um, Listen, you, you're sixth again, <laughs> and you've only gotten better on offense. Yeah, that's a division that is division winners, man. Now they're still like they're Buffalo's a really good defense. I still wouldn't I still wouldn't call them elite. 
Yeah. Because I think like from last year, you think about New England, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. I even would include Tampa in there as far as like elite defenses. I think defense, uh, defense, I think Buffalo still may be a notch below that. Yeah. But that's enough. The defense and, and the pieces they have with offense, that's enough right there for six or seven wins. Yeah. You know, they 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 don't turn the ball over a whole lot. That's eight or nine. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this to this to see what Sean McDermott uh what say maybe what level they can take this team if they can take another step. They were ten and six last year. I think a division title would be within their grasp. Funny thing, this is further down the road. I am very interested to see what Josh Allen's gonna be an interesting quarterback contract case study. It we're is. still a while away from that. It but, is, it um, is. Still so, like, well, so, so is Sam Darnold. <laughs> Sam's so gonna be, Sam, I can't so wait to this entire class. Because, look, you haven't put in pieces to proper evaluate Sam Darnold. So yeah. let's see how much you pay him. And then if he gets paid first, Josh Allen going to be like, hey, give me some money, bro. Yeah. I want, it, I want a division two straight years or however, if he does it two straight years. I don't care what my numbers say. I'm a winner. Yeah. And that's how it's going to go down. You're going to have to pay him. <laughs> On January 1, who's the best quarterback in this division? January 1. Uh, I think Josh Allen, man. Yeah. yeah I, I wanted to say Cam, but I don't know. I haven't seen Cam play well in four years. And Sam Darnold, I still don't think he has the pieces. Will he throw more touchdowns? Yes. But yeah. I think he also throws 13, oh, 15 interceptions again. Yeah. And I just don't think they're going to ask Josh Allen to throw the ball more than those two guys. Mm -hmm. So he's going to have less turnovers, a little more uh, touchdowns, and their team is going to be winning because mm -hmm. he has better pieces on offense and defense. So is, as far as talent, no. But as well, far yeah. as the production we're going to see, yeah, <laughs> he, he, just, he, has the best, he has the best supporting cast, man. Yeah. I mean, the most talented quarterback in the division is Tua. Um, and people will get mad at me for saying, oh, he hasn't played a game yet. That's fine. Doesn't stop him from being the most talented. talented. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he is the most talented. Whether he translates that into a successful NFL career, That's I don't different. know. We'll see. But he has all the tools. Um, I'm with you. Josh Allen is going to be the best quarterback in the year. Uh, I see, don't we, like we sound like that. We sound like Josh Allen. Uh, I, I sound can't stand like, Josh Allen. I don't like him. I, I, I sound like you with Kyle Trask. <laughs> Big Kyle Trask fan. <laughs> so I sound like that, but I'm not. I'm just, hey, the pieces are there, man. They yeah. have a solid coach. They have a solid team, and they've just done it well. And it just makes sense for him to take another leap. I'm not a big Josh Allen fan. I'm just, it only makes sense. He's gotten yeah. better. And you can't refute the fact that he's going to probably get better again. <laughs> yeah. More, uh, more likely to still have their job on January 1, Bill Belichick or Adam Gase? Come on. Not, not from being fired, but. I don't, I don't think, I think Bill, because Brady left, he's on a mission to say, mm. I can do this without Brady. Yeah. And I think, like, the only reason why we're saying that they have a shot at the postseason is because of their head coach. Yeah. That's, that's the really only yeah. reason. And that tells you enough about how good he is. Yeah. If they make the postseason, I don't care if it's Cam, Stidham, I don't care who, either one, if they make the postseason, you got to just, that dude is freaking good. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to give it to him. Yeah. Because Cam Newton is coming, like you said, he hasn't played well in four years. What if he plays well? 
you're just going to be like, okay, it's then you're going to hear the Tom Brady knockers and say it's the system, but that's another story. But <laughs> <laughs> everything is the system. Yeah, there you, go. you, you got to give it up to him though. But yeah, I think Bill stays for a few more years. Um, I think Adam Gase is gone. Man. They, they have to be gone by Thanksgiving, bro. They have to, man. And, and I, hate, week. I hate saying firing coaches, but, you know, you have to for your young quarterback. You want to see what he has, you know, just not start over, but get another guy. Keep kicking the can down the road with him. Yep. Uh, who wins the division? Uh, Buffalo. Yeah. I think Buffalo, Buffalo at 11 and 5, I think. I think Patriots nine and seven, literally just because their defense and Bill Belichick. Yeah. Um, Dolphins six and ten, seven and nine. Jets four and four, three and thirteen. Yeah. I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking three and thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. Because that you name those first eight opponents, three and thirteen. Man, I think they start zero and eight. <laughs> they start zero and eight. They might start zero and nine. Then there's bye week, and that's when they fire Adam Gase. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I got the when same. They, Bills, Pats, yeah. Dolphins, Jets. And there, there's going to be a, a – there's a, you know, a huge crater in, in talent between Buffalo to, to the bottom of that division in New York. Um, so we'll see. And then they'll start, you know, tanking, and then we'll get to see Jets Twitter talking about, uh, you know, the hey, massive Jets hall. Twitter is hilarious, man. <laughs> Jets Twitter is hilarious because it's Jets Twitter and obviously it's the same state. Jets Twitter and Nick's Twitter is the bruh, same. I bruh. think it's New York in general. Yes. It's just so – and, like, you know I'm on Facebook to troll, but New York sports is awful. Awful. All of them. It's Atrocious. awful. Other Except than for the Yankees. Yankees. New York sports is awful. I don't know about hockey, but the Islanders probably suck. I don't know. They're good. Um, they're good. They're still they're playing. They're good? Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Jets suck. Giants suck. Uh, Mets suck. Uh, Knicks suck. Uh, Brooklyn finally is good, but they they've always sucked. Like it's gonna self destruct. They got Kyrie and KD. Like they're that's gonna just, just not gonna, gonna work. Yeah, you know. So <laughs> and they'll point to the fact that they think there's one person in in particular I'm talking about. But uh, I'm not an Atlanta fan. You know, I root for them just because, you know, I'm from Georgia. Yeah, yeah, but, okay. You know, they point to the fact that they have rings. Yes, you have rings, but Bruh. you're not relevant. Outside of the New York Yankees, you're not relevant. You're relevant because of you're in New York. You're not relevant because of what you're producing on the right. field or ice. <laughs> that ring was 51 years ago. Like, y'all got to shut up with that. Come on. But, like, your, your, yeah, your, so your it, mother wasn't even alive when y'all won that nah. ring. <laughs> New York, New York sports is awful. Uh, you know, I hope the Buffalo Bills continue to be the best team in New York. <laughs> the only team in New York. I think that's the the tagline they use. I don't the know. The only team. I Maybe like trolling. Um, I like trolling Buffalo. I'm actually excited about this Buffalo team. They got a little edge to them. Uh, I, I, the head coach, man. Yeah. The head coach. It's not a coincidence that he left Carolina and Carolina defense was awful. Yeah. It's not a coincidence. Carolina team in general was awful. It's not a coincidence. <laughs> <clears throat> Maybe Buffalo get back after those four falls in the early 90s. 
Maybe they'll make another appearance. Hey, if you're going to do it, this is the kind of year to do it. It's going to be so Just many. Just do it after Baltimore wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I got to get a Lamar. Lamar Jackson needs to win one before he gets paid because it's going to be hard after he gets paid. That's real. That's always on, the case. I, within the next three years, come on, Baltimore. I need yeah. it. Yeah. I need it. <laughs> and we got a chance. We'll wrap up our AFC North in a minute. Um, appreciate you spilling, man, on the AFC East. Worst division in football. But still somewhat intriguing, you know? Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> All right. Hey, we'll be back uh, with the preview of the NFC East next time around. We preview on each of the divisions team by team over the next few weeks, leading up to NFL kickoff on Thursday, September 10th. If you like the pod, go ahead and hit follow, subscribe, whatever you do, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, so on and so forth. Share it with your friends. We'll be back next week with another episode of All 22.